hey, hey, welcome back to another season of Remotely Speaking Up. Join me, Dr. Rochelle Haynes, and my special guests every week as we discuss how the way we work continues to change and how companies and their people can continue to thrive no matter where and how they work. For more on our podcast, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Remotely Speaking Up. Stay tuned for more. you've been working on, um, which is really about that intersection between HR and PR and what that really means for organizations. Now, one of the things that you've said in your work is that HR really needs to take more of an ambassador role. And you describe them as the best PR ambassadors for the organization. Why do you think that's the case? Well, there's no question that during the great resignation and this revolution in the workforce that's happening right now. I mean, between March and November of 2021, more than 3.9 million people quit their jobs in the US alone to make a change, make a change because of lifestyle needs, better work balance, more respect, um, fulfillment, et cetera. So really it's so important now more than ever for companies to tell their brand story loud and clear. And to do that, I'm finding as a public relations practitioner that working with HR human resources uh, at my clients' companies is critical so that we can together collaborate and strengthen that brand story uh, in, so that in the public, in the public eye, that story is told in a crystal clear way that really communicates everything about their culture. And employees are the linchpin there because they're natural brand ambassadors. They're on the inside. They know everything that's going on in the culture, how authentic it is, how it's working. And when people go out and and talk to their friends, relatives, family, other colleagues, and they show how fulfilled they are in their work, how much fun they're having, the people they're meeting, the exciting and interesting and engaging projects they're working on, that builds com- positive company reputation. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because a lot of people would see that branding role more as the marketing's responsibility. I know, um, I'm not f- sure if you're familiar with Ron Johnson, who spoke about um, BHR branding, which is basically um, HR meeting marketing and really putting itself out there to paint this better picture of the organization. And this, as you said, is, is really become a forefront, um, at the forefront for a lot of companies. But is the big resignation, and I'll ask this to you, Erin, how big a threat do you think is the great resignation? You know, Rochelle, it's really interesting. The great resignation for a lot of folks, in, in my opinion, um, you know, it's been, it's definitely been difficult on companies, but if you flip that and you look at it, you know, individuals, I think that the great resignation has brought a lot of opportunity. Um, people are really, they're taking control of their careers. They're really taking the time to know and understand what they want and what will make them happy in an organization, in a culture, you know, the, the work specifically, um, one of the things that we've done, we went through a great big hiring, um, you know, just, just like everybody did, we grew a lot in the beginning of the year. Um, and so I was interviewing people 
for most, most of my eight hours a day for, for a few weeks there. And it's interesting. One of the, one of the most important questions we ask folks is what, what do you see yourself doing? What makes you happy? If you were to wake up in the morning, what are three things, for example, that you want to make sure you're doing in order to feel fulfilled at your work every day? And, and hearing people say, listen, I just, I want to make a difference. I want to add value to my clients, to my organization. Um, you know, maybe I want that flexibility a little bit. It's the, the things that people are saying are not totally out of this realm, right? There are things that that should be a baseline or a foundation for, for people, um, you know, as they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Right. So I, is the great resignation has it been threatening? Yeah, it's been threatening for, for some organizations because you've seen this max exodus from, from a lot of bigger companies. But at the same time, like I said, I'm feeling like it's, it's a really great opportunity too for, for, for people to get exactly what they want. And once, once companies, listen, if they're listening well, to the answers to the question, that great question that Aaron asks job candidates, then HR and PR can work together to make sure that we're communicating all of those great opportunities in our media outreach, in our social media posts, um, on our website, et cetera, so that brand story gets reinforced and we're really putting it out there prominently. Yeah, and I think what you've done as well is so unique because when when I gave that example earlier of HR and marketing working together in that employer branding, a lot of the time that's really about the internal communication, whereas in terms of HR and PR is really getting it right in the public's eye. What do you think um, your messages, your key messages are about your organization? Is that being adequately conveyed in the public eye in addition to within your organization and to your employees? And I think that's extremely relevant right now. It, I, I couldn't agree more, Rochelle. One of the things that Inspirin Group does um, so well, in my opinion, and I've worked uh, in public relations and marketing for decades, but one of the things that Inspirin, Inspirin Group does uniquely is it ta- they talk about their three core values all the time, but in a very genuine way. It's not salesy, it's not pitchy, but you know their three core values are um, have integrity, mm-hmm. get it done, and care about the greater good. That's it. Yeah. So when companies have just three core values, they become more memorable, they become more real. And if leaders uh, talk about them all the time, in a, you know, naturally in conversation, at meetings, um, on their website, on all their marketing, it just becomes embedded into the culture. People really, mm-hmm. you know, live it. Yeah. And so by working together, by our departments working together instead of acting in silos, we are really elevating that messaging about core values, about their company culture, and that is going to attract job candidates. It's going to position Inspirant Group as an industry leader, as progressive, all of these positive things, but only as a result of this collaboration between HR and PR. Yeah, you're right. And a big part of that as well is you want to be sending the right messages and in your employee behavior and having those embedded in, you want as a leader to be showing those messages as well and demonstrating those daily actions. Which brings me to my next question, because one of the things that you said and one of the things in in looking at your work 
that you've identified as one of the most dominant elements um, as a problem within, within companies is toxic culture. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Uh, well, so I, yeah, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't agree more. Toxic culture is <laughs> as who wants, who, who wants to be a part of that, right? Like that's exactly why people leave. You know, you <laughs> learn in like management 500 when you're getting your MBA, it's like people don't leave, you know, their company, they leave their manager. And like that person has a lot to do with what the culture, the culture looks like. Um, we start to lay out our culture in the first conversation that you have with Inspirant Group. Um, in fact, we call it like the culture fit conversation. That's my job. Any employee that we are interviewing has a conversation with me first. Um, and then, you know, based on that, because honestly, Rochelle, we are looking for, we are looking to hire people who yes, can do great client work for us, but also we want to make sure that they're happy in that. So there's always that agency. There's always that choice that they have. So we are very upfront and transparent with them in what we're looking for. We listen, which is a huge part of our culture as well. Um, and we make sure that their needs align with what we're looking for. We talk about our culture. We talk about our values, like what Julie said. So you know what we're all about. That is my biggest goal in that introductory conversation. You know what we're about when you are considering us in the beginning. And that's how it should be. Interviewing job, you know, candidates looking for jobs, getting jobs. These, it's all a two-way street. So it can never be, if you're going to have a successful non-toxic culture, it's gotta be a two-way street. People have to be willing to put in the time and the effort to continue that culture for your organization. Um, so we really try to work hard to find people who are just as passionate about that as we are. One of the things that I think you're so great at, Erin, is communication transparency. And when you mm -hmm. set that up from the, from the job interview, you know, from the candidate vetting um, moment, that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. candidates then really get an understanding of what they're going to be in for, what they can look forward to and how they're going to play a part of it, that they're empowered to be part of your organization, to make decisions, to contribute without retribution. You know, they, that communication transparency is magic, really mm -hmm. magic as a recruiting tool as, and as a retention tool. Yeah. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I would hear a lot of companies quoting statistics. Um, for example, a key C CIPD statistic some years ago was that a lot of companies are hiring more on personality than on harder um, skills. But there is a real danger with that. And that's why I really like in the examples that you're giving with is that you're leading with the company values and not just choosing people based on personalities. So for example, I, I met a client once where they said they always let to hire someone that they can have a beer with, meaning, okay, they can have a great conversation with them and what, what have you. But then what was happening was that they were getting people with a lot of personalities similar to them yeah. and it was creating this sort of toxic culture whereas yeah. you're not saying um, that you're hiring people based on their ability to get along with people but no you're more hiring based on the fit with the values so I yeah. think that's that's really key as well to to separate that because you're not saying to people oh well hire someone who can get along with others it's not just about that yeah. you have to have those underlying linchpin principles 
Yeah. You couldn't be more correct, Rochelle. I smile at that because I, I teach a course yeah. <laughs> on behavioral styles and I happen to be that very social person. If I hired all of me, we would never get anything done. Yeah, it opens up the conversation, right? Yeah. It opens up the conversation with a candidate to learn more about them and what they want to do and what they want to mm. contribute and how they see their career path. Absolutely. So how, how can you become an ambassador then for your company or for or how can HR create ambassadors within the organization that really live those principles? I think, you know, it, it really, it, again, it boils down to that first conversation to making sure you're a fit from the start. When you have the same values, it's so much easier, right? Um, we do a lot at Inspiring Group that promotes our culture as well. We, you know, we have Inspirant Cares Days, we do pro bono work, we meet monthly, we do celebration calls, we have all lunch and learns, all these wonderful things that work to bring people together. And it's not just me, um, you know, presenting at these things, right? We really do work to bring in different members of our organization to share what's important to them, um, to, to give them that feeling that they are, that they matter, right. That they're not just a cog in the wheel. One thing I talk about a lot are care abouts, um, knowing and understanding what is important, what your employees care about is so important because it differs from one to the next as well. Um, and we really take the time to the extent that, you know, you want us to like a lot of people to your point, Rochelle, aren't, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would, they don't want to be quite as social. They're a little more private, but to the extent that they want, we will learn about them. We get to know them. We understand what's important to them. Um, and we really, I think that really helps serve as that foundation of creating those ambassadors. Um, mm-hmm. so Aaron, just- talk a little bit about your onboarding. Cause I, I also think mm-hmm. that that's a big piece of bringing, uh, you know, elevating employees to be ambassadors is how they're officially kind of brought into the fold and how it's not just one day. Oh, no, no, it can't be one day. (laughs) Right. We can't do that. That was the way of the past. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, For some companies, it was just one hour. I've been in a company where onboarding was just one hour. Can you imagine getting just thrown in like that? Um, (laughs) You know, when you come to work for Inspirant Group, we are a consulting firm. So there are different, there are a few different aspects to which you need to be onboarding. You need to be onboarding through like logistically, right? Like keeping track of your time and HR and time off and and into those systems. So we work really hard to do that. Um, We also have, you know, you're then put onto a team, of course, a team of folks who you work with. So you work with your project lead to really get up to speed with the client. I mean, and this all happens over the, you know, a couple of, a couple weeks. And then we try to revisit at that 90 day mark too. That's a really crucial Mm -hmm. point. Um, One of the things that I love best too, is because we are a remote first organization, we can't just walk around the office and meet everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we do instead is we set up monthly groupies, if you will. So we, uh, we put people into groups of about four or five folks and we have, um, they are expected to meet two or three times a week on, or excuse me, two or three times a month on their own accord, two or three times a week, we might not get too much done, but it gives people the opportunity to really get to know their coworkers in a small setting, um, in a comfortable space. 
And, you know, the next month you get put into a new group. So it's, we we took this at first, we were doing it one-on-one. So we took this idea of group buddies and made them groupies. And so it really, it just gives you um, some, some time, some scheduled time to get to know people. Um, Because like I said, remote is great for many, many reasons, but you got to make sure you're keeping that connection up. So as far as onboarding concerned, you're added to one of those groups. Um, you know, and like I said, we have a lot of monthly touch points, celebrations, lunch and learns that really suck people in, in a good way. <laughs> <to that question. laughs> I like that. Suck them in. Never yeah, let them pull, go. Just pull you right in, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the great things about Instagram, I remember as well, is for your, you have some employees that work completely remotely. And mm-hmm. I remember I've spoken to um, Megan, who's one of your, your mm-hmm. heads, and Megan was saying that you also send goodie bags for those who oh, have physical you can't contact about with the swag. Yeah, never underestimate the, the power of yeah. good swag. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's really cool, Rochelle. Actually, yeah. just for this past, um, we had our all hands meeting yeah. uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we brought our core values and kind of the pillars, the things that we're focusing on this year into that as well. So we're, you know, we're we're really focusing on the environment. We're focusing on growth. We're focusing on mental and physical health. So we, mm. you know, we shared some water bottles and sunglasses because our future is bright, you know, like really fun things, yeah. reusable paper towels for those of you who are still mm. using regular ones. Awesome. I'm yeah. making the transition. It's very, it's not easy to do, but you know, baby steps to really you know, give back in ways that are important to the organization. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And what about HR themselves? So as you yourself, as an HR person, as a people mm-hmm. on culture lead, what can organizations do to help support HR in becoming better ambassadors for their company? You know, that's a really, that's a really great question. Like Julie mentioned, I think one of the greatest accomplishments Inspirant Group has done since the inception of their company that we pride ourselves on transparent communication, which includes support. There is not a week that goes by that our CEO, Meg Newhouse, is not saying, hey, how are you? How can I help you this week? Um, And that is coming straight from the top right down to the people and culture lead. So as an HR professional, I feel incredibly supported by our leaders. And so as an organization, um, people, you got to walk the talk, right? So I would challenge leaders of organizations to really say, Hey, if we want to create this culture, you know, you've got to be a part of it and you're an integral part of that. So it starts with communication. It spans out to just supporting the people who are working to literally create that culture for your folks every single day to get in on initiatives, to be present, I think those are all really important things, but again, it starts, it starts up here with your leaders and you have to make sure that that's trickling down to, to all facets of the organization. And then as that's happening, to share those, the stories, the positive stories of those interactions Mm -hmm. with public relations so that we can embed those stories into what we're pitching to the media and what we're posting on LinkedIn or other social channels to really, um, get that that culture story across ah and what about in terms of so let's say now you have to go to your leaders and you are having leaders that are resistant to this resistant to giving pr the support they need to really get that messaging out there what would you recommend to them julie well first of all to broker that first discussion between hr and pr and see what happens because Um, If they're both really 
in tune with what's happening today during the great resignation, they're going to want to start to talk and they're going to see the benefits that are going to come out of strengthening their brand story and communicating their core values on a consistent basis, um, becoming more publicly visible. I mean, people can work from anywhere today. Competition in every industry is extremely yeah. steep because we live in a global economy. Yeah. So any company that wants to maintain their competitive advantage has to really maintain a vis you know, a very public profile and be really visible in their industry. I mean, companies like Inspiring Group are seeking, are actively, proactively reinforcing their core values and their industry positioning as disruptors in the management consulting space in this, for this example. You know, companies have to cultivate, it's like, you know, caring for your garden, right? You have to really work it to make it grow and continue to make it grow over years. And it's the same thing with your reputation. Um, and your brand story. You have to constantly shape it and cultivate it um, to make sure that it's still prominent and relevant and, and publicly visible. And you know, I think PR, I think HR and organizations in general have such a challenging role today because your brand can't be static and companies have to come up with ways of communicating that across generations as well. As we know with, with Gen Z and Gen, um, Gen Y millennials and even generations before then, each generation wants something different from the workplace. Yes, there are some commonalities, but yeah. more and more we're seeing purpose of work is becoming more dynamic. And that's the question. You're absolutely right, Rochelle. The other thing that public relations, I think, offers to the HR department and to the company, uh, company-wide, is that as a PR and marketing professional, I'm always studying my client's competition. Yeah. So I want, I'm going to keep them abreast of what their competition is doing or you know, um, trends that are happening that I think are a good fit for them that we can embody um, and articulate. So that's the other really big advantage of PR and HR working together to make sure that we're staying abreast of everything that's happening in the world around us. Yeah. Just one final question before you go. What would you suggest, where should organizations who don't have, let's say, access to PR, where can they start in terms of getting that clear communication out there? Well, you could always, you could bring in an outside professional consultant uh, like me, but you also should really um, double down and start looking at your company culture and making sure that your core values are very, very uh, tightly knit, um, that there are no more than five, but I think three is a really good number to tell you the truth because there, it becomes more memorable um, mm -hmm. and people can really grasp onto it, you know? And then I think looking at your communication, every communication touch point must be in alignment with those core values. And that means that relates to internal communication with employees and external communication too, with vendors, clients, the board of directors, whomever, whatever other outside stakeholders your organization is dealing with. Mm. Um, and then setting up internal, other internal teams to check in with each other to, again, ensure that everything is in alignment, that, you know, if you don't have a marketing or PR person in-house, so that 
people are kind of working together in collaboration to double check to make sure all the brand values are, are right on across all communications touch points. Mm. What you're speaking about, it can't be any more relevant, especially in an age where the slightest thing that you say wrong can get your company oh, yeah. in serious trouble. <laughs> so there's a real need for this now and a real need for companies to get it right. So thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for joining us and, and joining another episode of Remotely Speaking Up. I'm sure our audiences found everything that you said as food for thought, a lot of food for thought, especially when it comes to tackling this new war, renewed war for talent with a very dynamic and demanding, to be fair, demanding workforce. Um, so thank you so much. And to our audiences, thank you for joining us for another episode. And this has been Remotely Speaking Up. Ladies, just before we go, where can we find you if any our audience wanted to get in touch with you about how they can begin that process? Where can we find you? I think for both of us, actually, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Yeah. Uh, we're both pretty active on LinkedIn. We're always looking to build our networks and meet new people. So just email us, on, you know, message us on LinkedIn and we'll connect. Perfect. So this has been Julie Livingston of Want Leverage and Erin Mohideen. Mohideen, got it right? Got it, you got <laughs> it. People and Culture Lead from Insurance. So thank you so much for joining us again. And this is another episode of Remotely Speaking Up and see you next time. Bye for another episode. And this has been Remotely Speaking Up. Ladies, just before we go, where can we find you? If any, our audience wanted to get in touch with you about how they can begin that process, where can we find you? I think for both of us, actually, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Yeah. Uh, we're both pretty active on LinkedIn. We're always looking to build our networks and meet new people. So just email us on, you know, message us on LinkedIn and we'll connect. Perfect. So this has been Julie Livingston of Want Leverage and Erin Mohideen. Mohideen, got it right? Got it, you got <laughs> it. People and Culture Lead from Insurance. So thank you so much for joining us again. And this is another episode of Remotely Speaking Up and see you next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast series. To find out more, follow us at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram or go to www.crowdpotential.co.uk for our services. Until next time.